Good morning and welcome to Sips of Sanity. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We are on day three of enmeshment. Mm -hmm. And like we said yesterday, we always recommend that you go back and listen to day one if you haven't and day two because this shit's not going to make sense if you don't. Yes. Okay. So on day one, we talked about what it is. On day two, we discussed the addiction to approval and knowing that criticism cannot kill you. Isn't that wonderful to hear? Yes. And we gave resources to get to some books in that so that you have more help than the podcast show. Which leads us into today, we are talking about the need to fix. Mm-hmm. That is a huge part of enmeshment is identifying yourself as the fixer, mm-hmm. which means that whoever you're enmeshed with or whatever you're enmeshed with is the breaker. Yeah, and you have to have a belief somewhere within yourself that you are their personal fixer. Yeah, and like Tigger in the unhealthy way, I'm the only one. (laughs) It's all on your shoulders or their whole world is going to fall apart. And we can really buy into that, particularly if we're enmeshed with a child. We can really believe it's our fault we're a bad parent if they're not okay. So we become controlling. And when we are a fixer, we are spun out on control. Okay, pause. There's also the fixer parent that's the bailer, Mm -hmm. where they bail them out. They Mm -hmm. fix by running to the rescue. And it's not necessarily about controlling their actions along the way, but fixing the mess that they make. Which is still control. Yes, but we pointed out in slower ways so that you can really identify both aspects. Because if you are the person who just bails afterwards and you think, no, no, I don't need control over what they do, then you won't ever see yourself as a controlling person. Well done. To you too. (laughs) Thank you. I love how you did it, Kelly, because those are the hardest people to reach. In a session, I find the ones that do it after the fact are the ones that can't see it and really refuse to because they are so enmeshed in their own belief that other people's feelings matter more than their own. So it sparks them to constantly gauge the other person's emotional state. And if it isn't okay, that's what motivates them to get in it to fix after the fact. Mm -hmm. And they identify this this person that they're fixing as, oh, they're the ones that are struggling. They're having a really hard time. They just need a little bit of help. And they see themselves as calm, helpful, uh, a wonderful grandparent, kind, generous of spirit, generous of time, reliable, there for them. As opposed to part of the problem. Yeah. And sometimes grandparents are the worst ones to do this. Oh, yes. Because they think that as the grandparent, it's just their job to be there and quote unquote, love the grandkids. Yeah. And so what we're saying is these other aspects of the role enable the enmeshment relationship to continue. Yeah. And you could have a healthy parent trying to confront the grandparent to say, stop this. Stop it. It could be the parent that's healthy. Yeah, we're trying to teach consequences. We're trying to teach life skills. 
Well, I love what you just said about consequences because it is what a fixer is avoiding. Mm -hmm. They don't want the person they're enmeshed with to have to deal with any consequences for their actions or their thoughts, words, behaviors. As you said, they want to go and clean up the mess, which often means, and I love this term, they triangle. There's a wonderful book from David Stoop called Forgiving Our Parents, Forgiving Ourselves that really does an amazing job of explaining the triangles that are created in enmeshment. And we just described one, the grandchild to the grandparent, where the parent is sitting there in the weakest position, wanting to create boundaries and consequences, and the grandparent sabotages. Okay, so let's move into the next point of you are not alone. Okay. Because as a fixer, like we said, you end up believing that you're the only one. Oh, yeah. My God, there's your martyr syndrome. Yes. You can get mad at your partner. You're never there for the kids. You don't do this. You disappear. I'm going to say you're the withholder and they attack them when in fact they could be the parent that's trying to stop the enmeshment. Yeah, and to set healthy boundaries. Yes. So when you can step out of the false belief that you are the only one, then a whole world of opportunity, a whole world of possibilities and choices open up. For you and for them. Yes. And that's the part that the person who enjoys the enmeshment won't like. Because if opportunities and choices open up for the other person as well, then I don't have a role anymore. Oh, Kelly, I love how you said they won't like it. Yeah, because where does my fixer ass go? <laughs> now we're, now who do I fix? Now what do I fix? I like how you called it my fixer ass. <laughs> I don't know. There's got to be some humor. We are very much about laughter. Yes, and I think it can be one of the healthiest tools in your toolkit to recognize with humor your own behavior, including when it's your own sorry ass mm. that's causing the problem. Because if you can now call a timeout, and that could be another tool, calling a timeout, when you recognize that you are the one that's doing this, you're creating the enmeshment. You're going to go up and ream out your spouse for not bailing out your kid. And you go, oh my God, I got to put myself in a timeout. I'm spinning. I'm not behaving. I have to go think. I got to go for a walk. I got to go sit on the toilet. I got to run a bath, whatever it is that you need to do. I got to chop. I got to go do something. But you give yourself the time out and know what your time out looks like. So if we come back to the idea that you are not alone, then the question has to be, what part of the team am I? Mm -hmm. Or who is my team? Or what is the team trying to accomplish? Lovely. So if the team is trying to accomplish healthiness for that child and you're not a healthy person in the team, calling a timeout is awesome because if you remove yourself and you allow that child to find another person, a teacher, a family friend, another adult, a coach, somebody, maybe they're going to find some other choices and options here. It's not all on you to solve all those problems you're going to see that in them reaching out to others that they actually have a sense of community, which means they're going to have more confidence. They're going to feel safe. 
and they can come back to the relationship with you in a better way. Yeah, and let's let's blend day two and day three together because if we're looking for approval, which fixers still want, okay, and that was yesterday's show, then when you can actually become part of a bigger team, those people, like you say, they still come back to you to say, thank you for being my team. Mm-hmm. Breakers don't walk up to a fixer and say, oh, thank you so much <laughs> and actually mean it. Mm-hmm. People who are part of a team recognize your contribution, recognize your worth and your value, which is the thing you and the breaker are both missing. Mm -hmm. The team gets things done together and recognizes each other for each of their roles. Mm -hmm. This is one of the reasons, Kelly, why I really liked the book by David Stoop, because it shows the unhealthy triangle and the thoughts that go with it, which is what you and I are trying to do right now in a crash course for people. And then it shows the unhealthy triangles so that you can understand who you are. Because in those triangles, the three points in those relationships, you have to be able to see who you are because your hat can change. You might be the fixer all the time, but then in turn are the victim or the martyr so that someone else has to come in and fix you. So you just change hats sometimes. It's important to know about the all the participation and the roles of all three people and the dynamics between each pair in the triangle. So to end kind of on a positive note, mm-hmm. the thing that I do love about fixers is that they are action-oriented people mm-hmm. and they are the ones who see choices. They've just only been looking in one place. Or they think they're the only one responsible to come up with them. Yes. So if the innate ability already exists to Mm -hmm. be action-oriented and to brainstorm solutions, Mm -hmm. you've already got some of the best qualities that you need to embrace in better ways. So you're not actually starting from scratch. And I think another key thing here is that if you just slow yourself down and just live your life by a better example, other people can follow actually what you're doing. Yes. So if you if you teach them by asking questions instead of fixing, then if you ask the right questions, you're going to give them the toolkit too. Yeah. And fixers, they we've talked about this before. They respond to other people's sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes they create it themselves. Right. They think there can't be a pause. There can't be a moment for heartache. There can't be a moment for discomfort. So I'll fix right now. Or someone else creates the sense of urgency and they just think as soon as the panic button is hit that all hell is going to break loose on planet Earth. Right. And that is not the truth. So again, if you can give yourself pause and allow yourself to have patience, you can actually come back and tap into some of your most innate abilities, which is problem solving and which is action. Mm -hmm. And you can be, like you said, that better example. I'm going to challenge people to sit and listen to this show with a pen and paper, go back, start it over, and write down the tools they got. So did you hear things like patience? Did you hear things like time? Are you writing down time out? What it looks like? The triangles? Taking your pauses? Seeing choices? Go through the whole show. Maybe go back to the very first show with pen and paper and start writing. Good. You've got your homework for you then, because we're coming back tomorrow with more tools. Good. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a wonderful Wednesday.